What do you call two guys that were there when this happened? Back to return at Spurlock. Michael Spurlock at the 10. He's to the 20. He's to the 25. Spurlock 30 to the 40-yard line. We could see history. 50, 40 to the 30-yard line. Run, Michael. Run, Michael. Run, Michael. Run. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. There you go. And that shotgun set. Three receivers left. Here's the snap, and the blitzer is picked up. Brady underneath. Caught ball, Evans. He has the record at the 11-yard line. Mike Evans becomes the first NFL player in league history to record 1,000 yards or more in his first seven seasons. And what a throw by Brady. Congratulations, Mike Evans. Who can forget? Again, looking again. Throws up the middle. Hats in the side. Derek Brooks, 30. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. Derek Brooks, the most valuable player in the National Football League. There it is. The dagger's in. We're going to win the Super Bowl. Here's the snap. Mahomes running to his right. Look out. He may run. Mahomes directed. Oh, so the end Battle of Intercepted. Picked off of the end zone. Bucks are going to beat the Chiefs. We're the champions of the world, and we still have a minute 33 to go. Devin White, what a great second season. That's it for KC. Bucks are the Super Bowl champs. They can't stop the clock. We call them the Salty Dogs. And welcome into another edition of the Salty Dogs podcast. I am Scott Smith. And I am Jeff Ryan. And we are the Salty Dogs. We are. Which we haven't explained in a while in case we have new listeners. If you don't know the term, it's like, it it's kind of refers to... Older sailors who've been on the seas for many years. Yeah, crusty old guys. Yeah. So yeah. we did get a little salty, though, last week, or I did, over, over. The, over the three games in 11 or 12 days. Oh, yes. But, but this is going to be a nice, we're going to be nice to each other this time, Jeff. It's why? Gonna be all why why start now? Uniforms. I mean, <laughs> I, I, can, I bet you before this is over with, I'll irritate you somewhat. Well, you do have a way. I do. I work at it. Don't you have something to say now? I do. Uh, we're brought to you by Beef O'Brady's. Just remember, wings, beef, beer, and wings. You got it. That's nobody's combines them like Beef O'Brady's. Start with the award-winning traditional or boneless wings and a variety of sauces and dry rubs. Next, pick your favorite brew. Beef has all your favorites on tap. Beef O'Brady's, where game time meets beer time and wing time all the time. And... Your Beef O'Brady tip of the week. <laughs> it is a tip. I know. This time. So let's say you are you decide to get some carryout. Oh, oh God. And what you want best. is wings. That's sure. My wife and I, if we get beef's carryout, it's almost always wings. It's easy. They transport well. Go but you, do, you usually want something with it. And so we would get wings and fries. Mm. So what you got to do is you got to get the fries home quickly mm-hmm. and open that box and and serve them as quickly as possible, okay. or you're going to have to throw them back in the oven because in the box, they sure. t- and not, this isn't probably this is this isn't, science. This isn't just for beef. I'm no, sure no, case. you got to get that box open quickly and eat them right away, or because they they'll steam inside that box. Right. But they're really good when they are mm-hmm. crispy. So sure, do that. All right, all right, that's it. So now let's talk about football. Oh. you wanna? I you know what I enjoyed? I totally enjoyed the Bears game. <laughs> Thirty-eight to three. Was, yes. you enjoyed that. It was it was fun. Um, can be disgruntled for a change because you didn't score as many points as you thought. It's been a long time since we've been able to complain that. Well, we should have scored so many more Wait, points. So you like it because it was fun and we blew them out, yeah. but also because you get to complain about it. Well, that's it. it okay. It's a perfect right. world. I'm happy and I get to bitch about something. <laughs> Probably not as much as the Bears are bitching about right now. Um, I. You know, they have a pretty good defense, though. They do. You know what was you good, know, about, what they, was good they, about that game is because it looked on paper like we should win that game, mm-hmm. no question. We were like 12.5-point favorites. Right. Um, we're averaging like 30, now like 33 points a game. They were only scoring about 16 points a game. Their, their rookie quarterback is having a tough time. Yep. He's getting terrible protection. Yep. Their offense has been bad. 
So and they had they were missing some guys even on defense they were missing yeah. Akeem Hicks they were yeah. missing Robert Quinn, um, so there were some reasons, and then they lost their their starting right tackle um, who was already the second string guy because Jermaine Effetti is on injured reserve yep. went on a couple weeks ago and so it went to the second guy Elijah Wilkinson, but he was put on the COVID list on Sunday morning the fourth guy they put on the list that week Crazy. like every day, so their right tackle was somebody named Lachavius Simmons. And I have to say, I've never heard of Lachavius Simmons, no, Joe. It was I. his first career start. I looked that up. Nice. Now, Lachavius Simmons has probably never heard of me either. No. Um, <laughs> and, and he has a chance to make his name uh, more well-known, but it was a rough first game for him. It was a rough situation. He's a seventh-round pick last year out of Tennessee State, making his first career start, and, and Shaq, Shaq had a good time. Sure. Shaq was mostly rushing off that end. Uh, offensive, the, you know. But well, I didn't finish my thought. Go ahead. All of that looked like, on paper, like you should win handily. Mm-hmm. And I feel like those games, they don't unfold that way we expect them to. And mm-hmm. this one did. I mean, it just we just dominated from, well, I from think, the beginning. I think field position was just huge. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that, I mean, if you look at the numbers, you I, – I, Yes, Tom had four touchdown passes, but when you look at the numbers, you're going to... He had his season low in passing yards. That's what I mean, yes. Right, and left a couple touchdowns out there in the second half mm-hmm. on a couple of failed mm-hmm. inside the 10 drives. Which is which is concerning, because if you're in a tight game, you have to uh, deliver on I those. would say it's concerning if it's been a season-long problem, but the Buccaneers are something like... Wait, I got it right here. I got papers. You always have papers. I have more every week. Bring, We're I, still ninth in the league in red zone touchdown percentage. Yeah, strong. That's still pretty good. Sure, it's sure. down a little bit from last year. It's at sixty-five point seven percent. But the nice part is the team is now elevated, where you can <laughs> look at things and become a little more critical, even though you win. Yes. Where there are times that both you and I know, if you got to win, you didn't care. You just got to win. Yeah. Didn't want to look at anything else. Yeah, so. you were happy. <laughs> We were happy any way they came. Yeah. And we still are. We've made that point before. Mm -hmm. But it also gives you something to talk about to if you're the team, if you're the players and coaches, to dissect and analyze and figure out what needs to be improved. There's always improvement. There's never a perfect game. That's what Tom was saying today. Uh He says he could so he's played three hundred and eight regular season games and I don't know what, another forty in the playoffs probably. He says he can count on one hand. He probably doesn't even need an entire one hand to count how many times the game has gone exactly the way he had hoped it would go. Yeah. So the the thing, though, is that so far, with the exception of the Rams game, obviously, the Buccaneers have been able to win even without putting together what they think is a really great game. Mm-hmm. That's not going to last, though, mm-hmm. and that starts this week at New Orleans. No question. No question. And they know that. Oh, yeah. They don't need me oh, to say it. No, they, they're they, the ones saying that. And, and there is no love lost uh, between the Bucks and the Saints, no. and and how crazy is it? It's on Halloween night know, or Halloween crazy. afternoon. Uh, I wish it wasn't. So it is. That's just a crazy time, anyways. But yeah. it, at least it'll be entertaining. So, like Bruce has said several times, and I'm sure he's sincere about it, and I've heard other people say how interesting it's going to be in the Superdome with the fans back mm-hmm. on Halloween Day. Mm-hmm. Personally, I could do without it. I know. I find those people annoying. I understand, and uh, I I could I would prefer that we weren't going to play there on Halloween. Right, but it it will be fun. People watching, no no matter what. So hopefully, hopefully, 
uh, it's a game. I think it's going to be a battle. There's no question. Um, of course, the big story is always about, you know, who used to be here, and that's Jameis yeah. Winston yep. and how well he's doing with the Saints. And I'm happy for him because he is doing well with the Saints. It, it'll be fun to watch how this unfolds. Yeah, we'll get to the Saints here in a minute and Jameis. But we haven't done my my thing. Which that? You get to do your little beef up with Brady's read, and I, I get to do favorite thing. What? Your stats? No, just your favorite thing from each last game. Oh. Every week we've been oh, doing this, Jeff. You would think you might remember that. Oh, our favorite thing. Your okay. favorite thing from the last game, which was the Chicago game. Yeah, okay. My favorite thing. I thought maybe you were saying your favorite thing is, and you love doing stats, and your favorite thing. Is no. Stuff. I oh. mean, yes, that's true. You want to do this segment called My Favorite Thing from the Game. Yeah, okay. which we do every week now. All right. Uh, you want me to go first? If you like. couple things. I like that there were two times when one by Chris Godwin and one by Mike Evans, they made a big play to get us near but didn't quite get in. Uh-huh. And Brady immediately rewarded them by throwing them a touchdown pass. I did like that. I so, did. you yeah. know, Mike got the 46-yarder, yeah. but was dragged down about the two, and, like, they hurried the line, snapped yeah. it, just did the back shoulder fade touchdown. You're getting your touchdown. He's like, <laughs> exactly. You're getting and Mike your got three of them. Just deserves. Mike go ahead. That's one, and then... I liked all the runs of 10 or more yards. I believe we had eight of them in that game, runs mm-hmm. of 10 or more yards. We had seven coming into the game. We had more in that game than we'd had in our first six games combined. Mm-hmm. That's, that's big. Strong. I loved how the offensive line played against, yeah, okay. against, a, good, a, good, against a good defense. Yeah. Khalil Mack. I also loved that um, – the kickoff return. The punt return. The punt return, rather. Yes. Which was part Which of what you were talking about, about the field position. Mm, field position. So. And and almost broke it. Yeah, he was close. He was. He, he, I, I don't think know. He was, I think he was hoping to get around the corner on the punter. Mm. And he, say, he said, if he, I think if he had a chance to do it over again after listening to him yesterday, he would have tried, tried to put a move on him. Uh-huh. And maybe could have, like, cut back in. Yeah, he thought he was going to beat the angle. Yeah, he didn't quite get No. And he didn't want to cut back because there were other pursuers there. If he could have got around the punter, he might have gone the distance. Which is something that, uh, you know, they've been talking about uh, Darden being able to do this. Yeah. And um, here we are week, that would have been week seven, and he gets to come in and immediately goes what he needed to do. So his comfort level in the NFL seems to be there. It certainly gives us opportunities in games down the road, that perhaps he could break one. You probably know that I've been pretty excited about him since we drafted him. Yeah. I really, you know, you like him. If we had gotten that touchdown, it would have been the, you know, when the last time we had a punt return touchdown? Oh, gosh. That would have gone. Um, it was actually against the Saints, believe it or not. Yeah, I can't remember his name. Um, no. His first name, it was spelled not the way it's normally spelled. Does that help? Oh, it wasn't Michael Spurlock. Yeah, it was. Oh, it was Michael yeah. Spurlock. Okay. Who's, who spells his name M-I-C-H-E-A-L. Uh-huh. Yeah, that was kind of a, uh, it was that a game, good clue. It was that game in 2009 when the Buccaneers wow, were terrible. 2009. I think we had two wins maybe at that point, yeah. and it was like the second to last week. The Saints would go on to win the Super Bowl that uh-huh. year, and they did not rest their starters in that game. But the Bucks beat them. It was one of the biggest I, I re- upsets ever. Yeah, that's right. In terms of the two records of the teams, it was mm-hmm. one of the biggest upsets in NFL history. Mm-hmm. And it was made possible by Spurlock tying the game with a punt return touchdown late in the game. And then we won it in overtime 20-17. to 17. And I think that's 
um, part of the game that's gone away because there's know, no kickoff returns. There's right no there. kickoff returns really, and and but it it was fun to watch it. You know, you just with with him back there, you can't put your head down. Hmm. You know, a lot of times there's you usually take a nap at certain times. Well, sometimes you you'll look at something, you'll you'll ah. glance down, okay. you'll try to find a note, you'll sure. You can't do that with him now. So that's that's a good thing. That was um, my other takeaways were uh, the human interest stories. Sure. Of um, I did laugh uh, when Mike gave away the 600th um, touchdown ball. That was great. I loved it. Uh, I think that uh, that was an interesting sideline. I also liked the fact there's a couple of things. Uh, of course, everybody's talking about Tom Brady and uh, the boy, the, the boy, the no young Reed. man, no Reed. Uh, which was a terrific, terrific. But Leonard Fournette gave his jersey away to um, a young lady. Hmm. Uh, she, I, I would say by looking at her, she's probably between, I don't know, 8 and 11 or 8 and 12, something like that. Was there a reason? Um, she, he just she was cheering him and he took his game day jersey like off it, like after the game right after yeah, the game yeah after the game and handed it to her and she just her tears <laughs> and just and it made me think that's what sports should be pure enjoyment there shouldn't be a dollar value because it's a jersey or because it's a football it's just a straight you know, you're you're touched by one of your heroes when you're that age, and so I like those. I like that aspect, but that one didn't get much uh, much plug. Well, on. yeah, when, when you're compared to Tom Brady, right. and a, a nine year old cancer survivor, right, that's going to get the headlines. That's it for good reason. Sure, good story. Yeah, it was a great story, and it's it's very interesting. And he's a um, you know, you you kind of look at all all of that that goes on during a game, but. That's kind of what happens when you're ahead, when you're. Are, I think you're being a sweet dog this week. No, I'm just. Salty dog. Well, I'm just saying is that I don't necessarily know if all that stuff happens if you lose that game. Oh. You see, that's what I'm looking at. Is that the game is a feel-good game all the way across the board? Okay. How's that? Well, and I was saying I've been excited about Jalen Darden since we drafted him, uh, in part because I really wish we could find a dynamic punt returner and mm-hmm. you're right that that is going away because somehow CBS had this and we just that was the longest punt return in, in the entire league. I was surprised when I saw that. 43 yards the longest one in the whole league this year mm-hmm. at least to that point I don't know if that held up through the rest of the weekend. At first I thought what it was 43 of ours and I was like yeah, oh, yeah that, that makes, makes perfect sense, right. sense and then I, I was like wait a minute that's that's the league. So so, so yeah um, it's it's exciting so Jalen Technically beat out Jaden Mickens, the mm-hmm. incumbent, for the return jobs. Got the spot on the active roster while Mickens went to the practice, practice squad. squad to start the season. But Coach Arians then decided, I'm not sure I'm quite ready to throw mm-hmm. the rookie into the fire. He hasn't seen a lot of situations yet. Yep. Big game, Thursday night, sure. Dallas Cowboys. So Jaden Mickens gets called up from the practice squad. And then he, and the next week they just signed him to the active roster. Mm-hmm. And he has held the return job except for the Rams game when he was out with an injury. So Jalen only got to play one game. But before this last game, Jaden Mickens put back on the practice squad. The job's yours, Jalen. Yeah. And it's exciting because he took it. And like you said, instant field position. I think that's the part of the coaching and the evaluation of talent that kind of gets overlooked. Because when you kind of just go, oh, uh, I guess he just wasn't 
you know, wasn't what they thought he was. But he is, or they, they never changed their opinion on him. They just he needed, he needed play in situations, yeah, where – and I and it, it great management of your nice roster too. Huh? He's oh such a yeah, nice kid. yeah. So we've had him on this show. Sure, sure. It was fun. Yeah. So, so that's exciting. You mentioned Mike Evans and the six hundred mm-hmm. touchdown, and and then Mike Evans caught his six hundred first touchdown Down, and yeah. his six hundred second yeah. touchdown. Right. And so why is six hundred so more important than six oh two? I would. It's think just a nice round number. He's the first guy ever to get to six hundred. He's also the first person to get to six hundred two or five ninety nine for that matter. There you People go. People like the round numbers. It's uh, a milestone. Okay. So and don't. This is not a joke. He could conceivably. We could be in a year or two talking about. Oh, he's closing in on seven hundred. Because okay, right now, wow. he, right now he has twenty one touchdowns through seven games. If you just take the easiest possible route and say that's three touchdowns a game times 17 is 51, uh-huh. it would not be at all surprising if he got to 51, which would be 30 more touchdowns this year. Right. So he'd be at like 730-something, right? Mm-hmm. 630-something. If he plays next year, which I think he's planning to, sure. the contract goes through there, he throws another 30 to 40 touchdowns. He's suddenly at 660, 670. Yeah. And if he decides to play One another more, year, yeah. wow. he'll have a good shot at it. Wow. It's hard to even imagine that, that we can seriously talk about that, but it's not out of the question. See, what I what I love is how focused players are on just playing the game. So I mean, Mike, Mike didn't know what, this, And this is what I love about it, because if you ask a player, who are we playing, not against the Saints, but who are we playing after the bye week? They'll look at you with a blank, blank yeah, stare. Sometimes. They have no idea. Right. And I love that because everybody's into stats and this and that, and players are focused on what they yeah. need to. Leave the stat gazing for guys like me. Yeah, but I did love uh, the look on Mike's face when he goes, I gave away the ball? Yeah, what what did I do? They caught him. You can look yeah. right yeah. <laughs> and we have to He was kind of half smiling. Huh? It was funny. Yeah, yeah. So, well, it is funny, but it's it, it's funny because it did work out really, really well, and it wasn't some craziness. So, that so was speaking great. of Mike Evans and um, crazy stats. Oh, okay. So those three touchdowns mm-hmm. got him in his career to a total of sixty nine, which is only two behind Mike Allstott now. Wow. With Mike, okay. So originally, before Mike Allstott came around, the Bucks' all time leading touchdown guy was James Wilder with forty five. Sure. Mike destroyed that record. Um, got it all the way up to 71, and uh-huh. for certainly for a long time, you're like, well, who's going to break that record? Yeah. I mean, there's other franchises with better yeah. touchdown record, career touchdown records, but for the Bucks, nobody's come close for a long time, and now here comes Mike, and he's going to get it. He's going to get it this year. He's yeah. got seven through seven games. He's going to get two more. Right. So Could be this more. week. Yeah, that would be great. Uh, he... I just think it's a... It's, we have notes every week, and especially with Tom Brady. Sure. He's, he's some milestone every freaking week. And so it's, it's nice. We have things to talk about. The PR department has can put out these big flyers yeah. every week. Yeah. But I, this one to me is big. Passing Mike Allstott to be the all-time leading touchdown scorer to me, that might be – Mike Evans has a ton of records, but that would be my favorite one Yeah. when he gets it. Yeah, and, and I think the reason for it is because it's Mike Allstott, and Mike is uh, a guy that, you know, is not that far removed from the game. And a lot of people grew up. Oh yeah. With if you if it was going to score, give it to Mike. Yeah. yeah. And that's what you're going to get. So, so that's special. it's Mike and it's Mike and they're, they're something two about of, Mike. Yes. They're two of the um, most beloved players in franchise mm-hmm. history. Quite no question. Obviously. Yes. Um, I would. I mean, I I'm saying this to the point, and I don't know if anybody on our team has reached out. If it's a home game, I hope Mike's there. Oh, Mike comes to the games. He comes to every game. Yeah, he's there all. Does the time. he have a suite or something? I believe he does. I'd bring him down to the sidelines. Yeah. You know, like when. Um, Sap was there when Shaq broke his sack record. Correct. 
In and that's how it should be. Yeah. yeah. And I'm sure Mike would totally enjoy the experience, mm-hmm. Mike Allstock. Oh, yeah. And Mike would be the biggest one rooting that well, you, you, yeah. you surpassed the record. No question. Records are made to be broken. Uh-huh. And, and I'm sure well, it's obvious Mike loves the Buccaneers, oh. identifies as a Buccaneer for life. So you want to see Buccaneers, other Buccaneers players yep. really well. Yep. So I'm sure he'll be really happy about that. So yeah. um, that was the highest scoring first half we've ever had, John. Oh, I know. And how much good they had more. And right? I, I was wrong with my notes earlier. Uh, we you had were no, wrong. yeah. Well, I, we have we had eight runs of ten or more yards mm-hmm. in that game by mm-hmm. four different guys. Right. And we had nine, not seven, coming in. Uh, but we still almost doubled it. Sure. And so you 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 brought up the offensive line. And that's yeah. They're they're doing they're doing better. They're they're opening holes better, and their backs are the backs are picking the holes better. Yeah. Even and, coach said that. And and what I love is when an offensive lineman has to run downfield and block, they are. Well, yeah, a couple of those guys are really maulers. They're really they're maulers. Um, you know? Ryan Jensen, I think and really I did. And I, doing that. Ryan Jensen ran his butt off and threw a couple good blocks. And Ryan Jensen did. Uh, what he does best. He got underneath someone's skin, and they got kicked out of the game. That's their problem. I mean, <laughs> wasn't that two weeks ago, though, wasn't it? No. That was the was Philadelphia it? game. I thought it was the Bears game. Okay. Well, there was, the, there was the key play where Leonard Fournette on the sideline in yeah. the Philadelphia game in the final drive. Yeah, but I'm talking about the guy throwing the punch. Was that this game? I believe it was the Bears game. Okay. And they really couldn't afford to lose guys mm-hmm. at that point. Correct. That defense was already thin. Yeah. <clears throat> so that, but. Uh, but, d- yeah, so yeah. you think that now, after Tom Brady came here, mm-hmm. Buccaneers get a much bigger spotlight for the last two years. They uh-huh. win the Super Bowl. Uh-huh. So all their players are a little better known. Yep. Can somebody like Ali Marpet finally make it into the Pro Bowl? You would think, and I and I think Ali Marpet talked to the media today, and they were talking about uh, Donovan Smith, and like he said, Donnie's played good for seven years. I'm glad you guys are finally picking up. Well, on he didn't say you guys. I am paraphrasing. He, that brings up a thing that has been true almost pretty much in Donovan Smith's entire career here, mm-hmm. in that how he is assessed internally by this team differs quite a bit by how he's been viewed externally by you could not be more NFL correct. fans and NFL analysts. And I don't know why there's always been such a gulf. Because the offensive line results have been pretty good. Sure. Um, he's had, I mean, he's started virtually every game for seven years mm-hmm. at left tackle. Mm-hmm. If he was a bad left tackle, he would not have started for seven straight years. You, don't, you can't live with you that. You would have replaced that. You can't live with it. He's had two new contracts along the way. I think there's. I, I don't think there. I don't think that some of the people that are Donovan Smith detractors are ever going to change their minds. They're not. There are some players, for whatever reason, just. But the Ali Marpet, Ali Marpet, is like it was almost like, like you could hear the sort of yeah the. Dis, not disgust, but just kind of the fact that they didn't distaste yeah. in his voice. He's like. Donnie's been great for seven years. Yeah. Why, that's Why don't you guys see this? Whatever. But so who? I mean, whoever it is, Donovan, Ali Marpet, Ryan Jensen, can somebody? Well, Tristan Wirfs, maybe. Mm. I almost buried. Yeah. The, yeah. I mean, you buried the lead. You know, I could see two of those guys uh, making it to the Pro Bowl, and, and finally, and it'll be so well deserved. Mm. But I'm not going to get too deep in that one because one no. of our questions this week from the All fan right. is about the Pro Bowl. I'll let you wait then. <laughs> Got anything else? I got some other stuff. Uh, go ahead. Continue. Well, um, well, we can start talking about. I, wait. 
What What are you looking at? What does that mean? I don't know. You have to ex- share with us. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Some of the these were just random stats I wrote down. Uh-huh. Oh, here's something that's completely different from everything else we're talking about. Um, but I got a question, and you'll remember her, the Rusty, the nurse. Sure, out of uh, qu- Central Florida. She tends yeah. to send questions to me now for the mailbag okay. rather than this. Um, Maybe but it she was very interesting because she asked if if uh, I don't remember the exact wording of the question, but you know how like when Josh Wells come in to play a sixth tackle and uh-huh. he has to declare himself eligible because in that case you're basically replacing a tight end and you're one of the six el- including quarterback quarterback and five eligible players you're one of those five. We had two that we had to. Yeah. To, so to they play. have to say it in the in the, the refs announce it to the stadium. Yep. And the point is he's wearing a number that you would think would make him ineligible. Right. And the defense needs to know that, yeah, that guy could catch a pass if he goes out. Except that with all the number changes, what difference does it make now? But still, those numbers are still ineligible. Okay. You can't wear 72 and, and catch a pass all right. unless you are declared declare. eligible. All right. So um, she asked me, do people have to declare eligible on field goals and extra points? And I have to admit, I never thought about this before. Now, you know that there are there are people that can catch passes on field goals, because we've all seen fake field goals or aborted field goals or, or, fly, or passes were thrown. That is a thought-provoking question. Well, I have the answer now. And that's why I thought this was interesting, and I'd bring it up here as well. Do you? I, well, I, asked, I would assume you would have. We asked Keith Armstrong. I would assume you, ha- you would have to. And then I asked Bradley Pinion. And what did they say? So the, the holder and the kicker are eligible. Okay. And then... Um, Four guys, the two guys on the end of it, one's called a wing and one's called an end. The two guys on each end of that line are eligible. Are eligible. And then the five guys in the middle, the, you know, the, the long snapper and the mm-hmm. two guys on each side are ineligible. So they're like the O-line. All right. And everybody else is eligible. And that means, depending upon your number, you do have to report. They just don't, the refs don't make a point of announcing it to the stadium. So we've oh. never known this. I've never known this. So why why don't they have to, if they have to report, then why don't they have to let everybody know? I think it's probably because the other team, the other team knows on every field goal who the eligibles are. They can look right and see who, who the two on the end. By the way they're set up, by where, yeah, where they're the positioned. The end, okay, yeah. so it doesn't matter, doesn't matter what number you wear. If you're on the end, you're eligible. But, you'd, but no, you it still, does matter because if you have a number that's not eligible, like our, our okay. guys, uh, here's most of the guys that okay. do that. Vita Vea, mm-hmm. uh, he's 50. Right. Nacho, he's 56. Mm-hmm. Patrick O'Connor is okay. 79. Will Golston's 92. I think maybe Joe Tryon might get in there sometimes. Mm-hmm. All those numbers except Tryon are still, even with the new number of things, you can't catch a pass. If you were, you can't be eligible player be from 50 to 79 or 90 to 99. Yeah. Those are the ones that still can't be eligible without declaring. So those guys actually do have to come in each time and tell the ref, I'm eligible. Wow. And, and, but like if Joe Tryon played that position, he wouldn't have to because nine is an eligible number. Sure. Well, that, I, but there's more. But you wait, also have to. But wait before you order. <laughs> yes. Go ahead. Uh, How'd you like to get two of these for nineteen ninety nine? If you are in that those five in the middle, the long snapper and the two next to him on each side. Mm-hmm. If you are wearing a number that is normally eligible, you have to go and tell the refs to declare you ineligible. So our long uh-huh. snapper now, which is um, uh, Tinker. Yes. Carson Tinker. Mm-hmm. The only reason that I took a moment there is because he's not our long snapper when the season began. So no, he wasn't. I have to remember. Sure. His number is 46, which is a number like a tight end could wear 46. Uh-huh. So he has to declare himself ineligible before every, before every place kick. 
I, but our previous, the who's on uh, an injured reserve, was number ninety-seven. I had never thought about. So he that. didn't have to. I hadn't either. That is a great. Do you question. remember the two thousand and wait? I might have written it down. Two. It was the year we won the Super Bowl. Okay. Playoffs, wild card game. The Giants. We're we're enjoying a bye. Mm-hmm. The Giants are playing in San Francisco. Oh yes, crazy game. Right, and they lose at the very end because of a, a missed the Giants opportunity like field Gi- goal. Yeah, San Fran came back at the end. They mm-hmm. went up thirty nine thirty eight, and then the Giants had a chance to kick a field goal. Mm-hmm. They had just signed out of retirement a forty one year old long snapper named Trey Junkin, mm-hmm. who'd been a long snapper for a long long time. Mm-hmm. He messes up the snap, so now the I guess the holder was probably the punter is running around with the ball, trying to find somebody to throw yeah. it to. They throw it down the field to a, a big lineman who's around the five-yard line. He's clearly interfered with. There's Pass interference should be called. It's, there's no question that yeah. the refs say no and don't throw a flag because they say he was an ineligible player, so you can't interfere with him. That is, but that they were wrong, and they had to apologize the next day because that guy had declared it eligible. Isn't that crazy? Wow. But that's a good example of a... Of a play to look at it for that, but that is an awesome question. Yeah, she, she that, sends good questions. Yeah, that is. Now I'm going to put binoculars on and see who, how they, if they actually go up to the referee. I think this is how you do it, right? They, they, yeah, they the rub, yeah, they rub their chest. Yeah. Remember, we're doing, we're 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 <laughs> podcasting. They can't see you. Rubbing, I was doing it for your. They benefit. can't see you rubbing yourself over there. So, <laughs> oh, so. Well, okay, that's good. Hey now, jeez, um, Jeff. This is a PG podcast. Well, you're rubbing your shirt. Yes. <laughs> it was kind of funny. Okay. Uh, another thing we were talking about, um, we were talking about Pro Bowls and the offensive linemen, and and probably they've been underserved in that regard. Uh That hopefully will change. Here's another thing: Why is there not more Tom Brady MVP talk? If you go, they do it. Some some sites do it at least once a week. They'll list. Okay, here's the leading candidates. Update MVP: Kyler Murray probably deserves to be at the top of the list right now. I think it's because we're loaded with so much talent, and he's not getting the credit. Well, Tom Brady, if you remember, did not make the Pro Bowl last year. There right. was no Pro Bowl. No, he but was he was not selected. Yeah, he was not selected, no. Uh, if you look at those lists, he's usually, usually down like at five or seven on sure. those lists. Okay, Jeff, first of all. A lot of it's fan voting. MVPs, a lot of it, you know, the fans have a, have a say. Yeah, and, it's not just that, though, because it's thirds, players and coaches. Too. Yeah, it's, the, that's for the Pro Bowl, not for the MVP. The MVP is oh, writer, is writers, Associated Press, because it's Tom Brady, and what he does is doesn't make it's you like go wow the, anymore. It's like they could have named Michael Jordan MVP like eight years yeah. ago, but the, if somebody like Carl Malone had a big season, like sure. okay, we're tired of giving it to Mike. Yeah, no, I, that's okay. it. That but would still, be the reason. The MVP almost every year, and I heard this in another podcast on the Ringer, so I'm not taking credit for it. But uh-huh. Almost every year, the um, the MVP goes to the a quarterback on one of the teams that gets a first-round buy almost every single year. Mm. Um, Interesting. I think the last time, according to their podcast, so Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers last year, right? Okay. Uh, so one of now it changes a little bit, probably because there's only one buy now. But mm-hmm. you get my point. Yeah. No, I do. I don't know if they had a buy or not. There was only one buy. Did they have it? Green Bay had the buy. Green Bay did it. They were the number yeah. one seed overall. They had the buy. Okay. Well, there you go. Yeah. Um, Hmm. I think Adrian Peterson, the year he had 2,000 rushing yards, is the last guy that, that doesn't fit into that category. So the Bucks are 6-1. and one. They certainly have a, a chance to w- get the number one seed or be one of the, you know, let's just say if there were still two, be one of the top two seeds. Mm-hmm. He's leading the league in passing yards and touchdowns. 
right. he's a quarterback of a very successful team. His pass ring's like 108. It's not the best in the league, but it's up there. Right. Why is he? Why? Why is it? Why do we have to? It's Kyler. It's it's uh, who they put because they're they're picking guys that are on teams that really haven't that are coming out of nowhere, so to speak. And so this person is lifting this team and making it better than anyone thought they would yes, be. Yes, they want the narrative, but I, wouldn't Tom Brady winning his fourth MVP at the age of 44 be a pretty good narrative? Well, at this stage of the game, anything he does is pretty good. Um, um, no, seriously. It, it, well, he's in completely uncharted ter- you, territory you, for a 40-plus quarterback. You may not see this. I mean, if you go back into the 70s, Yes, George Blanda played until he was, I think, 46. Yeah, but he, a lot of that was as a kicker. But he would, just so you know, he would come in in the fourth quarter of a game. The only reason I know this is because you've already told me. This I understand that, but before. you can't, you cannot, you cannot diminish that he was not playing quarterback at the same time. If you look at the number of passes he threw, right, it's extremely small. But like Tom Brady's, yes, are stats right as a 43-year-old plus are more than all the other 43-year-old quarterbacks but in NFL history yes, combined. But that's what makes it even more special, and people aren't appreciating it, yeah, well, to your I point. I think you're making the same point, which is good. Yeah. Well, what I was saying is if you go back, you could only find one guy that was doing George something. George Blanda. Yeah. Yeah. The great George Blanda. Yep. And uh, so. So I, I stopped you earlier, but we should talk about the Saints and Jameis Winston. Yeah, we can we can. He's do got that. a 13 to three touchdown to interception ratio, mm-hmm. which is great, especially yep. for Jameis. It is. Um, and But they're only throwing for about 176 yards a game. I think Bruce Arian said it best. He's throwing about 15 times less a game. Right. So he's got, obviously, less opportunities for big plays, less opportunities for mm-hmm. bad plays. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that's part of the plan. And when you have Alvin Kamara, and you can sh- throw short passes to him 15 times a game, and it works, then go ahead. Now, one of the things, too, is that they haven't really been playing far behind. They, right. they and that that is That's where if, if you go back into uh, when Jameis would, would, was with the Bucks when we had to throw and got far behind that's when things got crazy. Yeah, yeah. I so mean, you also probably remember though, Jeff, that remember how in his last year here he seemed to, there was that string where he would throw an interception on the first offensive series of the game. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, he got it out of the way. Yeah, he that's what people the, would say. Well, yeah, I feel better now. Everybody, I think a lot of us here. W- w- are happy to see James succeed. Absolutely. It, it'd be nice if it wasn't in our division, though. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It'd be easier to root for. Yeah. But they are they are winning with Alvin Kamara. They are winning with with James not making m- big mistakes. Yeah. And they're winning with an incredibly good defense. Yeah. Well, did you watch the Monday night game when they I played did. Seattle? I did. Okay. Seattle. Game. I mean, a 13 to 10 game. Right. It wasn't like they're lighting up the scoreboard. Now it was raining. And it was that. It was Geno Smith, not Russell Wilson. Thank you. Now I think people realize that Seattle had a better defense than everyone was thinking that they did because they they played really tough. It was but, but very I, wet. Yeah, I think I think Sunday's going to be a great matchup. Period. They have a lot of strengths that match up well against mm-hmm. the stuff we do that usually is problems for other teams. Uh-huh. I mean, Marshawn Lattimore has historically done a very good job uh, shadowing uh, Mike Evans. No question. Which is a bigger problem this time because there's no Antonio Brown. Mm-hmm. And we don't know if Gronk's coming back either. Mm-hmm. There's no guarantee of that. I know he practiced a little bit yesterday, but sure. there's no guarantee he's coming back this week, especially right. with the bye fouling. So the Buccaneers not, are not going to cry about a lack of weapons, obviously. No. But you don't have the same. And there was getting, before Antonio Brown got hurt, the correct storyline that people were starting to really jump on was 
how can you how can you cover all this? You know, mm-hmm. if you decide to double Mike Evans, uh-huh. then Antonio Brown's going to run wild. Sure. Or Chris Godwin. Mm-hmm. And and if you decide to flood the secondary in the middle of the field with coverage and only rush three or four, and dare us to run, not put a safety in the box, then we're going to run as we've done like the last four sure. weeks. And the game against Chicago was great. They they dared Good us example. to run, and, and we did. Mm-hmm. To great effect. Mm-hmm. And that helped set up short touchdown passes. Anyway, um, this the Saints defense, though, makes everything, as Tom Brady said today, everything is a challenge. They make everything challenging. They are very good in coverage. I looked at next-gen numbers. Mm-hmm. They force they force quarterbacks to throw into tight windows a lot more than other teams because their coverage is so good. It's not just Marshawn Lattimore, but he is the best of mm-hmm. them. Um, Demario Davis is awesome. He's one of the most underrated players in the league. He's all over the place in the middle of the field. He can rush the passer. He can cover very well. He's a great tackler. He hits the gaps. He hits the right gaps sure. at the right times. He had a fantastic game. He was the best player on the field in Seattle. Mm-hmm. So, and then, you know, they got veteran, experienced guys who all know each other all over that defense. Cameron Jordan, um, uh, Demario Davis, uh, Marshawn Lattimore, Marcus Williams, Malcolm Jenkins. C.J. Gardner-Johnson, the, the pest that gets everybody pissed off. Yep. They've all been together for a long time. Yeah. They had mm-hmm. an interesting offseason. We, we, you know, our, the story of our offseason was how how can we do it? Oh, my gosh, Jason Light kept the band together. We sure. didn't lose anybody. Right. Meanwhile, the, the Saints were navigating a different problem because their cap situation was terrible. They also had the retirement of Drew Brees, but they had to let go a number of players like Emmanuel Sanders and traded Malcolm Brown and Sheldon Rankins and – I can Jared Cook and Josh Hill. They had to let a lot of guys go. They even let Quan go, but then they brought him back. Not probably a had a yeah. smaller salary, I would imagine. But somehow you look at his defense, and it looks the same as always. They lost Trey Hendrickson, who had 13 and a half sacks last year, led the team. It's not a fluke because he's killing it in Cincinnati. Uh-huh. But they brought in this guy who I don't even want to know how to try to pronounce his name. It's Tano Capasignan or something. You're it doing starts, better than me. Well, the name starts with a K and then a P, and you don't see that very often. No. And then uh, Marcus Davenport just came back from injury and looked really well in the Seattle, good in the Seattle game. They're just, they don't, you don't see that pressure point that you can break this defense. They're good mm-hmm. everywhere. Mm-hmm. This is a big challenge. This is going to be a game that he who makes the least mistakes. Yeah. Turnovers will decide this game. No question. It might be a field goal before it's over with. Now, they are only giving up around 16.9 points a game. I think it is something like that. Less than 17. 16.8. That's quite Okay. Good. So... So you see that, and we are averaging what? 33.3. Okay. They're the so, third best scoring defense. We're the third best scoring okay. offense. Okay. So if if we just, you know, only do 24 points or 20 points, you're there. Meanwhile, you know? they're – so it's it's three against three when mm-hmm. we're on offense. When we're when they're on offense, they're the 17th-ranked scoring attack, and we are the 10th-ranked scoring defense, uh-huh. which is pretty good considering how sure. the season started. Yeah. You know, we were pretty far down the list yeah. at the beginning. Yeah, we made, made some games It's help. It helps when you play the worst offense in the league. Well, the Bears uh-huh. have statistically – Yeah, they, they do. Probably they, yeah. the eyes tell us the same thing. Sure. That's the worst. Help. Sure. Even with Khalil Herbert having a pretty good game. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if you look I at – I didn't play him on my fantasy team against this oh, job. I should have. I still uh, won, though. Oh, wow. Geez, I'm so happy. I'm relieved. I'm sweating bullets over here. I know. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be a game of, uh, in this particular instance, it's going to be the turnover. Now, yeah, that's, if, that's what decided the three yeah, games last year. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be a fun game to watch. I'm curious to see how our defense decides to uh, attack Kamara uh, and and Jameis. I, it, I mean, he's always, Kamara's always played well against us. 
mean, well, yes. He not, plays not, not lights out against like other teams, but he's played well. We've done a pretty good job in the Contained. last couple of years yardage-wise. Mm-hmm. He still scores touchdowns. Right. But uh, the two regular season games last year, he had a total of like 56 yards. But do you think he's get, catching more passes now than he did previously? No. I mean, depends. Okay. That's probably the answer. It was kind of a weird thing in their stats for the first six. Their first, they've played six, five, six games. Their first five games, he was getting a lot fewer passes than his norm in previous seasons. They were running them between the tackles. He was, he was putting up almost all of his yardage on runs, and right. it was still working because he was doing great. Okay. But it was kind of surprising. Like, why aren't they throwing it to him more? Right. This last game, Jameis figured it out, I guess, because he threw him 11 passes, 10 of which were complete for like 128 yards and a touchdown. Mm-hmm. And that's the bigger problem because – even after the Khalil Herbert game and, and so some problems at the end of the Philly game, I still am pretty confident in our defense being able to stop the runs up the middle. Yeah. Right? And and so I think we can handle him running the ball-wise. It's the receiving that's the problem. And he just – it's going to take well, – one thing that um, I asked a, sc- a scout about it, and then there were some people talking about it this week, uh, I think Todd Bowles, you got to run to the ball. Everybody's got to run to the ball. Uh-huh. If he's out on the edges, our corners are going to have a hard time tackling him. They're just—he's too strong. Yeah, he'll run you over. You need to get your linebackers out there. Yeah, you need to get your—we have good tackling safeties that are strong. Winfield, we, Winfield, and Whitehead. You need to get them involved. Your linebackers, Devin White, who's done a good job against Kamara for the most part, mm-hmm. needs to know where that guy is going all the time. And some, and our outside linebackers are probably going to have to get involved, too, not and, just rushing the passer. And if we have uh, some luck, Levante will be back. Yeah, I hope so. We haven't seen it. We're doing this on Thursday. Yeah. He was limited in practice on mm-hmm. Wednesday. We haven't seen today's report yet. Trying to come back from an ankle injury. Is tough. And that's a, you know, that's kind of a... It would be nice to, to have him out there. It would be, but here's, and this, I, I've thought about this two ways, all right? You're coming up, you're, it's a week before the bye, so you're going to play this game. you got someone who might be able to go. So if you play them and they tweak something again, now they got two weeks to get well again. Right. So or do you hold the guy yeah. out so that when you come back in two weeks, that's why I he's said, been out for a while and then he's really, really healthy. That's why I said earlier, don't assume that Rob Kowski yeah. coming back. Right. I mean, I don't have any inside information, so no. I don't know. Well, no, we're it, going by what we just see. It's obviously, it's obvious, Obviously good to see him back on the practice field, and mm-hmm. I hope that means he's coming back this week, but it's not a guarantee. Yeah, and I think that's... Same with Levante and Richard Sherman. Yeah. Yeah, but at, yeah when you look back at the Saints, and the Saints kind of have owned the Bucks in, in a number of games. Other if than you, the playoff game, Other yeah. than the playoff Well, and if you're going to win, if you're going to... Win the division. Yeah, put your, force your will on somebody. That was the good game to do that. Um, but I think this game, this game is is important no matter what, but I look at it... Wait, New Orleans is what two games behind right now? Uh, one and a half. One and a half. So six and one to four and two. Okay. So, so only, go ahead. So if you if you can beat them head on head, now it's two and a half. Going into your bye, they have to play a game, whatever which way they go. But that is huge yeah. for to win the division because if you win the division, now you're not fighting for a. And I don't time. know who they're playing in week three. I mean, in week I nine when we're off. I don't know. But if they were to lose that game. If they were to lose to us and that game, they would then be three games back. That would be great. However, the flip side of that is if the Saints win this Sunday, they'll be a half game back, and then the Bucks will be idle watching the Saints play. And if the Saints win that one, all of a sudden it's a tie for first, just like that. They play the Titans on the Ooh, 14th. I like that. Is it home or in Tennessee? Uh, it's in Tennessee. Titans look good. 
Speaking of which, all right, Jeff, the Kansas City Chiefs. No, I'll take it back. I'll take it back. Oh, Let me back up. All... Well, but they, they still have to play them. They play them on the 14th. Oh, that's right. We play the Colts. They play the Titans. Yeah. They play. That's the extra game. They play the Falcons yeah. at home. And so we're going to win that game. All right. But the Falcons have been on a roll. Oh, on a roll is a bit strong. Well, they've won. They're three and four, I think, or three and three. Yeah, but I think they're on a three-game win streak. Yeah, but who have they played? They just beat. You got to You play your schedule. You play your schedule. Yeah, but I mean, it's the same thing. Carolina won uh, their first two or three games. They did three they in a row. Yeah, but they weren't against any quality opponents. Well, uh-huh. actually, that's not true. They did beat New Orleans. The better uh-huh. example is Denver. Denver started three and zero, oh, uh-huh. but it was like against. The Lions, Jets, and Jaguars, or something like that. Yeah. And, oh my. And they, then they have not won since. Yeah. Unless they no, they lost to Cleveland this last. They game. did. Um, so you know, strength of schedule and the punch you face. I know a win's a win. Wait, I know. I understand. But it, it does kind of. Well, they won the games. They won the games that they probably should have won, and they're not doing so well against the teams that they didn't think they yeah, would. Do now so. the things, the yeah. So a lot of those results are not really surprising. No. What is surprising in the AFC is the Kansas City Chiefs are falling apart. You know, you know what else is going to be kind of weird? I just thought of this, is watching the Saints in a game without Drew Brees. Because yeah. we've done that for a long time. <laughs> so that'll be, that'll be interesting. I think so. we played a game against him last year when he was out, though. Uh, yeah, but I mean now that you know no, he's no, out. No, out. He didn't. No, no, he played the whole time. Two years ago. Two years ago because Teddy Bridgewater was playing yeah. for them, and then they and, and then Teddy went on to yeah. two more teams. We didn't have any of the Taysom Hill stars. No, no, year. no, no. Uh, the the Kansas City Chiefs are falling apart. Uh-huh. It's a real concern at this point. They just got slacked by the Titans. I watched that game. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I mean, beforehand, you were thinking, okay, the problem here is the Chiefs' defense is really bad. Yeah. So they're not – even Patrick Holmes isn't able to make it up every week. But now then the offense gets held to three points? Well, yeah. And a lot, they, uh, in fairness to Patrick Mahomes, a lot of drop passes. Yeah, but you – know? But, you know, when you make circus throws, you know, you're making great catches. Things are – you know, everybody's excited. Everybody's happy. But they are t- – which, which goes to show that – how good you can be and how fast you can drop. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because we thought the Chiefs were a budding dynasty, mm-hmm. and maybe they still will they, be, but right. they're having some troubles. Sure. On the flip side, the Cincinnati Bengals look like they're for real to me. They're wow. five and two, which is tied for the best record in the. But you know, it's so crazy. And they beat the Ravens pretty if, handily. If you looked at the Ravens two weeks ago and Lamar Jackson and all he did by himself on the field, everybody thought this is it. This is the Super Bowl. The Baltimore's this, running the table. They're going right? to do everything, and then. Cincinnati comes in there and plays like you're going, which is kind of exciting for them because, yeah. you know. It's an interesting team. It is, and they've been struggling, and they they I think they found their quarterback. I like Joe Burrow. Mm-hmm. Jamar Chase is incredible. Mm-hmm. Oh, unbelievable. Um, Did, their yeah. defense is legit. So. That, so and, and so sometimes it's kind of like, I, uh, I guess I'm, I'm going from experience of being with a team that's not winning all the time and you start to win and it feels good, so that's good for them. So Yeah, yeah, they've definitely been one of those teams. Gosh, I've been so nice this week. <laughs> what has gotten into me? Yeah, I've had about enough of it, I, I think. I really. Let's should, should, we, should we get on? Yeah. Move on and, and let's do our KJ Britt part? Let's do it. He's, uh, we're going to get a little interview here with KJ Britt, a rookie linebacker, uh, who got to actually play a little bit on defense. This past week, not much, but a little. I'm sure it was fun for him. The Salty Dogs. And we're back here on the Salty Dogs podcast, and now we have our special guest of the week with us, and that's 
linebacker KJ Britt, the rookie, uh, fifth round draft pick. And, uh, we're really excited to have you on the show this time. Uh, KJ, appreciate your time. Man, thank you for having me on the show, brother. Well, you got to play a little bit on defense in this last game because it was a blowout. I, I know it was probably only about eight plays, but I mean, was it nice to get your feet wet and kind of see how that goes? Yeah, man, it was, um, uh, it was real good. It was a good time, man. You know, just go out there and just, fly around for the little plays that I got, man. Just, you know, just extremely grateful for this opportunity. And then I was just really excited, you know, just just to play defense. Did you get did you get enough time in there for the coaches to give you a grade and how'd you grade out? Um well the schedule was different this week. I mean they didn't they didn't they didn't give us no grades this week, to be honest. How'd you feel like you did though? I, did, I think I did all right in those late plays. Earlier Earlier during training camp, you made a comment that one of the things that you realized that you needed to do was to have patience. Now that you got into a game, were you able to apply that? And when you say patience, what do you mean by that? Yeah, I think I was able to apply just uh, crafting my game um, over this period of time since training camp to now. But uh, just being patient, just letting the play develop, um, see the uh, see your pre-snap reads, and then react reacting um, when you get your pre-snap reads after your pre-snap reads. So I think I was. Able to, you know, diagnose it, but, you know, it was just, it was just really just trying to go down the field real quick. So it was uh, those when like, you know, the same type of reps you get, you know, first quarter or something like that. Is that, is that hard for someone as athletic as you are to have patience considering that, you know, you're, you've been such an athletic individual to make it to, from high school into college now into the pros? Uh, yeah, you could just, uh, apply. What God, the ability God gave, uh, gave, gave you to the game. And, you know, just, um, just little tweaks here and there just, just to help, um, you out mentally. And then, you know, everybody has the athletic ability here at this point, just not being able to, um, to separate yourself, uh, mentally from, you know, being average and being great. We had Kevin Minter on with us last week and we asked him about, cause, from my point of view, it seems like the Buccaneers special teams have improved this year. You weren't here last year, but it was a bit of a story that the Bucs really wanted to improve their special teams. And he said, yes, that you guys have improved quite a bit. And he totally gave almost all the credit to all you young guys who are, are doing that. You and, and uh, uh, Grant Stewart and, and the other new players on the team. Um, have you been getting the same sort of feedback from the veterans that you guys are making a big difference? Yeah, yeah, all the time. But, you know, it's just goes one in one there and not the other because we're just trying to make sure we just playing man this team is loaded um in and out and just make sure that you know your value is here it's still you know it's a business at the end of the day so just making sure that your value is still high and only way that we can produce right now is just being on special team so that's like our super bowl every time we go play special team you just you got to kick somebody but you know it's like you know and that's just the way our mentality has been from week one. We didn't, I didn't even know the special teams uh, core like wasn't the best last year. I didn't know that the special teams was, wasn't a liability. I just came into to this thing uh, in the summer in the training camp with saying, "Hey, I'm gonna make this team on special teams, and if I get the chop to play special teams, I'm gonna give them my give them my all." So uh, this was already in the making before I even knew what you know what we were doing. Well, I mean. It was kind of in comparison. Obviously, the Bucks won the Super Bowl last year. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But yeah, I'd heard it from I'd heard it from the guys to say that uh, their special teams last year wasn't you know up to par. You know, they gave touchdown. Yeah, and I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't even know that. I, I didn't know. So well, yeah, I'd heard it a lot. Been good this year. Right after uh, the Bucks drafted you, I talked to John Spitek, who's the director of pro personnel, 
And um, he used some phrases like, called you like a throwback, an old school mic type, an inside hammer. Are those, do you take pride in those type of descriptions of your game? Uh, yeah, I guess I can. I mean, just, just describing the way I play, you know, fat, passionate, and just physical, and just run and hit, bro. Run and hit. Well, if you listen to Tom Brady the other night, he just said defensive guys are like dogs chasing cars. Just go get, go after it and get it done. So I, yeah. I don't necessarily believe that, but. Um, hey, wait, Jeff, that's a really good segue because I've written down here. Um, is it true that you have a bunch of beagles and you like to use them for rabbit hunting? Yeah, man, I got a huge rabbit hunt kennel back in Alabama right now. And, um, rabbit hunting is, I would, I've been rabbit hunting since I was like four years old, just like long playing football. And, you know, just, it's just something that always been near and dear to me. Um, and that's something that I take pride in. I, rabbit dogs, uh, the rabbit, uh, rabbit hunting world and, you know, just making sure that I love, I love my rabbit hunt, bro. That's it. My dad took me rabbit hunting one time when I was a kid, really early in the morning, and uh, we didn't see a single rabbit the entire time. But I was actually yeah. very – we didn't have dogs with us either. I was actually kind of happy about it because I didn't know if I was going to be able to, to actually pull the trigger or not. Well, yeah. Don't be scared. I now, know, right? <laughs> now, you've heard the stories down in Bell Glades, Florida, Scott, You know, where um, some guys, uh, young kids, they rabbit hunt, but they chase them. Yeah. Okay. So, so if like in those cane fields and stuff like that down there in Florida where you could chase them, it's a kind of, I guess it's kind of open where, you know, they could chase them in Alabama. You can see the rabbit for about 15, maybe five seconds at the most. And then you'll never see them again. Okay. So that's why they have the dogs um, to help, help. So, so, uh, do you have a number of recipes for rabbit or <laughs> I'm, not a, I'm not a, I ain't know I'm not a rabbit cook. I just okay. like to hunt. You just yeah. like to hunt them. Okay. Fair enough. Just, just curious. Thought maybe yeah, you yeah. had this whole, whole recipe book on other than rabbit stew. Are you, are you, are beagles like the best rabbit hunting dogs or something? Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. They, they're the best because they're small and they can actually get in there with the, with the dogs and actually help, um, actually help. Uh, push the rabbits out of the thick briars and stuff. Are they fun to be around too? I mean, do you, do you get to Oh, yeah, them? they're good dogs, man. Yeah, they, they're awesome dogs, man. They just, they, they're friends and, you know, just awesome dogs. So, so how many do you have? I have 14 right now. Wow. <laughs> can you remember all their names? I'm back at a quiz. Yep. No, yep. But- I remember every last one on there. I could tell you, I could tell you that bark, everything about them. They're just like my dog at the house. <laughs> you can tell them, you can tell them separately. I mean, mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Right. Wow. See, I've learned something that I didn't think I wouldn't think that, you know, beagles would be rabbit hunting. So you got, you got drafted, like I said, in the fifth round, uh, when you got the call and you saw his 813 area code, probably knew that was Tampa. Were you happy about that? Was that a team that was on your list you were hoping would pick you? I didn't even know Tampa. I was on Tampa radar. I ain't talked to Tampa so mm-hmm. one time at the senior bowl, but yeah. Are you happy to be here? Yeah, yeah, I was, I was stoked, man. Go play with, you know, some of the best players ever play the game, and you know, Lamb. I was, man, I was, I couldn't even put it in the words. It was a huge surprise to me, and it was something, you know, I never really forget. How was Levante David as a mentor? Oh man, he's so cool, man. Um, those guys, they are real cool guys, you know, just to be around and um, really easy guys to look up to. They do everything right, you know, they're not. 
you know, they just want to win. And if you can help contribute to win, then you're on the good side. So, yeah, man, I, I, I love those guys, man. What is the one thing you noticed from coming from college back into the pros? What is the one thing that you learned that you didn't know, but you know you have to do? You got to take everybody serious. Um, you know, in the college, you know, you, you got, you have off weeks and you have people on the other side of you who might not be as gifted as you, but in the pros, everybody's just as gifted as you or even more gifted as you. So you got to take everybody serious and you got to play, um, each snap like you don't the person on the field. I mean, my coach tell me all the time, play each snap like you don't the person on the field to make the tackle because, you know, just everybody around you can do what you could do or probably do it better. So just preparation. Okay, well, great. We seriously appreciate you taking your time with us today. We in a minutes. So uh, thanks a lot. We appreciate your insights, and we'll talk to you soon. See you. The Salty Dogs. And we're back here on the Salty Dogs podcast. We're going to do our third and final segment, which is when we answer your questions. I'm ready. If you want to send us questions, do it to uh, by email at uh, saltydogs.buccaneers.nfl.com. We love the questions. I do. This is one of the rare weeks that our friend in Brazil did not send a question. Ah, taking a week off. It must we be can't have bi- this. Must be his bye week. <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, that was fun talking to KJ. He's an yep. uh, interesting person. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, okay, podcast questions. Uh, this one is from somebody named Jim Cahill All in right. Orlando. Okay. Um, this one I had to research. So I'm going to be probably taking the lead on this one. All right. Hey, Jeff and Scott, how's it going? Good. Thank you. So I was listening to one of these podcasts recently, and Scott seemed to be pissed. I don't know if I was <laughs> pissed. That, that according oh, to, Jim, you nailed that one. That according to him, teams aren't taking deep shots on second and one anymore. I do remember talking I about that. I do, too. I don't know if I was pissed. No, you were saying, why don't they do it more often? You were, I you, guess I'm a little you, pissed about you were, it. You were being, I'm um, unhappy about you it. You were being forceful. I like the second and one deep shot. Yeah. Okay. Especially if you've got a good offense. Like sure. This past game was a bad example, but um, because they, the Bucks failed on several third and ones. But until then, we've been actually been quite good on third and one. Okay, so blah, blah, blah. Um, but I've also heard Scott talk about people only remembering the evidence that supports what they already believe. And I, he didn't have the term here, but I believe he's talking about when I mentioned confirmation bias. Sure. Okay. So you tend to you tend to notice and remember the evidence that supports what you already think, and, and not notice or forget the evidence that doesn't. Conveniently. So my question here is: Is there anything to this idea that no one is throwing it on a second on short second downs? Can we crunch some numbers here? Is it true or not? Because I, I haven't really noticed that. He says, "Thanks and keep up the salty work." Oh, Jim. Oh, I looked yeah. it up though. Yeah, I know you did. I've got to be vindicated. No one loves a challenge more than you, so especially I, if the information stats prove you correct. Go ahead. In this case, I think they do. I am stepping out of the way. <laughs> so I used uh, NFL Next Gen stats, mm. and one of the things there's a lot of things you could do on there, but one of the things you can do is filter plays by a variety of different filters and so i i was able to get a list of every second and one play that's been done this year so far through seven weeks. not only from the buccaneers but through all the all teams all teams. it was it was a lot more than i expected so um, it took me a while because there was uh let's see two three hundred and ten there was about 320 of them wow okay so i counted them all i went through them 227 Times 227 out of 320, 316, 
317 if you count the one time when somebody kicked a field goal okay. at the end of a game on second and one. But 227 of those were runs. Now, oh, that's what, 75%? Yeah, it's about. So I will admit that in that some of these don't really count because if it's second and one yeah. at the goal line, you can't throw a deep pass. No. Uh, but 83 passes, 83 of them were passes, and I pass plays because I included if if they were scrambles or sacks. Okay. Because they will, a play. they will describe the play as a scramble if the quarterback scrambled, or they will describe it as a run if it's a design thing like Jalen Hurts. Sure. So, um, and they're also described, they're all like, Jalen Hurts throws short or Jalen Hurts throws medium or Jalen Hurts throws deep. So the, there were only six plays that were described by next-gen stats as thrown deep. Six. Six wow. times out of like 320 opportunities has somebody gone, oh, second and one, let's take a shot downfield. If you can believe the descriptions in the next one. Wow. Two of them were by Mac Jones. So Bill Belichick, who's widely considered the greatest coach of all time, yeah. is the only one doing what I would like. like wow, so you're elevating yourself to Bill Belichick. No, I'm just saying maybe. Uh, just maybe throwing it out there. The others were Mahomes has done it once, and it was complete to Tyreek Hill for 28. Drew Locke did it once to Corton Sutton for 32. Wow. Mac Jones has tried, tried it twice, but they were both incomplete. Um, Houston's Davis Mills had tried it once incomplete, and Ryan Tannehill tried it once incomplete. So, I mean, yeah, it only worked two out of six times, I guess. That could be part of the reason. So you, you, were, just, not, you, you were actually correct in your observation. I'm correct. I think this shows that I was correct in observing that the only part of this is, am I right, and I don't know how to do this research or uh, maybe don't want to spend the time. Sure. Am I right that there used to be a lot more of them? Uh, I could oh, be wrong about that. that. Right. I could have confirmation bias on that and only remembering yeah. what I remember and not the 75%. But I must say, uh, Jim, great question. Very, another thought-provoking question. I like these. That's two. I mean, okay. you know. Well, the, fir- yeah, the first one. The first one Rusty. on uh, Rusty did a All great right. job. Okay. Uh, this one was actually a – I only had two questions to sure. work with today, this fine. week, uh, which was disappointing, but whatever. So I took a question that was sent to me that was a, got off mailbag, okay. uh, off Instagram for my written mailbag that mm-hmm. I didn't use. Right. It's from Bucks UK. As of this moment, which Bucks players do you see being chosen for the Pro Bowl? Oh, so we're back to that. I That's see. why I didn't want to extend that conversation sure. too sure. much. Uh, I think Tom Brady makes it this year. You would think, right? Okay. I, I think Kyler Murray's going to make it, barring his season going off the rails. Mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers? Uh, all depends on how they finish. Tom Brady, who, who are the other teams at the top here? Uh, oh, Dak Matt Prescott. Stafford? Matt, Dad, it's going to be Dak, well, actually, Dak's going to be comeback player of the year if he stays healthy. Right, he'll be comeback. He'll be comeback player of the year. Um, hmm. I just don't see how you, if he's the leading, if he's the leading as he is now, the leader in yards and touchdowns or somewhere close. And what the Bucks about, are winning. How about, does he knock on the Pro Bowl? How about Stafford? Yeah, I know. I said that. Oh, okay. I said Stafford. It, it's crowded. That's true. Yeah, very crowded. The, so there's the five teams that are seven zero or better: uh, Kyler, Stafford. Brady. Rodgers, Brady, and blah, blah. Uh, was Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott. So all those are possibilities, right? Sure. And then, yeah, so Saints are 4-2. and two. That's probably the field, those five. Mm, all right. That the NFC, and there's usually three of them, I believe. Mm-hmm. So you've got a good shot there. It'd be tough. I think um, Devin White's got a shot. The problem for Devin is the numbers aren't through this year because he's kind of filling a different role. He is. And as coaches, Todd Bowles has made a point, and Bruce too, that what we're asking him to do is not put him in the same position as last year to make all these – to pile up these stats, sure. but he's doing what we're asking him to do very well. And I think right. it, I think it's more coverage responsibilities. So 
unfortunately, after his great bump in the postseason last year when he was a big play machine, I thought, okay, that's probably a good springboard to the Pro Bowl next year, but he could have a problem if the numbers aren't there. Right. Uh, you know, JPP only has two sacks so far, but he made it last year, so there's always that kind of momentum. I think Shaq's playing at a Pro Bowl level. Yeah. We talked we talk about Tristan and maybe Allie. Yeah, you have to include them in the mix, no question, and depending on how the I, – I think for O-linemen, I think it, it it just depends on how the team, you know, ends their year. Yeah, it'll, it'll be helpful if we're good. Yeah. But I think they'll also get a bump from last year. The well, started to get it. usually it was – I mean, years ago, it, it would be the – you didn't make it exactly that year. It was if you had a really yeah. super year, you didn't next make it year. that year. But then the next yeah. year, you would get it because people would say, "Wow, I didn't realize Scott Smith was that good." Yeah. So. And uh, you know, Mike Evans, maybe. Uh, if he continues to score a lot of touchdowns. He's got to. He's got to score a lot of touchdowns. Yeah, that's going to be the. And, and, and Antonio Brown, if he comes back and scores, I mean, you've got to take that into the mix. I'm worried so. about that though. Coach seemed really unsure about yeah, his injury. Yeah. Yeah. He, he he was asked, "Would he be back after the bye?" He's like, it could be that, or it could be a lot longer. Yeah. So that's a little worrisome. Yeah, and it wasn't exactly encouraging. As, no, it yeah. wasn't. So we'll have to wait and see. Did yeah, so. did see Scotty Miller running around a little bit yesterday in the part of practice. Yeah, you watch. know, I, I think you you said it during the I think it was the Buck Insider um, where you guys were talking about you and Casey were talking uh, about injuries, and I liked your your comment about turf toe. It's you a say, tough injury. yeah, you say turf toe, and everyone goes. Oh, sounds like you toe. sounds like you scraped you, your yeah, you stubbed your toe. Come on, but actually, it's the bone going in. Well, it's a tendon injury. Yeah, it's and, actually a and it takes injury. forever. It's a really painful injury that has ended careers. Not that we're saying crazy. That about no, no, no. But you're right. You're it, right. It Older makes guys, it very yeah. painful on your big toe, uh-huh. and I don't think you realize until your big toe hurts. How much you need your big toe to, to that, walk and run well? It is your balance, your big toe balance. Yeah, so okay. it's, a, it's a anyway. I'm not it's saying a hard go. I was saying we saw Scotty during the part we allowed to watch running with trainers, and that's and that's promising. a good sign, right? Because if his foot really hurt, you wouldn't think he wouldn't be out there, be out there right? He's Hope starting to get him back, starting to test it, starting to get back into a little bit of shape. All yeah. right, one more question. All right. Okay, greetings, salty dogs. Greetings. Just a real quick question here. Quick answer. I noticed that the trade deadline this year just happens to, be, to fall in the Bucks' bye week. Uh-huh. That's true because it's next Tuesday. It is. Does that or make, the, well, yeah, good. I was going to say this Tuesday, but the, it would the be the coming next Tuesday. Tuesday. Yes. Does that make it more or less likely the Bucks will do anything? I think he means in terms of trades. Sure. Will Jason Light be taking a well-earned vacation that week and turning his cell phone off? No. Would you guys even be around to cover it if a trade did happen? Yes. Yes, we will. Yes, unfortunately. I think he's being a little tongue Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, this damn thing called the Internet, which I still think is going to go away, will keep, <laughs> you, uh, keep you in touch. We all uh, we, we are on 24-7, just FYI. I mean, I'm sure that everybody will be looking for a few hours here and there to, to get a little extra rest. But, sure. no, you're not going to ignore the trade deadline. I think he was mostly joking. Yeah. I guess you I think most of us are leaving on Wednesday. Are you? Good for you. Well, I don't think I'm coming in the building on ah. Wednesday. Um, not going anywhere. I, I, I will say it is a somewhat interesting point in that if you bring a guy, midseason trades in the NFL aren't all that common and no. don't usually have a lot of impact. Lots of times it's. Well, but, you know, you see one, uh, the Saints did one. They traded for Mark Ingram. Yeah. yeah. So it does happen. I think uh, I, it'll be uh, whether Deshaun Watson ends up. Um, yeah. Right. Gets traded. But like, Mark, but for us, who would you trade and why? Well, Mark Ingram can step right in in New Orleans and have an impact right. because he already knows the offense. Yeah. 
Uh, for us, what people speculate is we'll try to trade for a cornerback. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, I saw not. one suggesting yeah. Kyle Fuller in no, I Denver. I did see that. Um, it's a weird thing, though, because, like I was going to say, when you get a guy at midseason, he then has to learn whichever side he's on. He has to learn your system. And it's sure. probably going to take a couple weeks for him to really – um, you know, make an impact. And at what point are Sean and Carlton coming back? I mean, if you trade for a corner and it takes you a few weeks after the buy to get him in the in the flow, yeah, and then you, those then guys all are of a sudden, back. Then they're back, and now the sure. guy you traded for is your like fifth corner or something. Because yeah. we still also have Richard Sherman coming back. Who could who could come back this game? Could good. Um, this game being the Saints game, if you're listening. Uh, he. So, but the, the thing about the buy, if you did make a trade. While you're on a buy, you do have a little more more time to bring that guy uh-huh. in and get him get him coached. He up. spends the whole so, the whole bye week studying, yeah. studying. Studying. I think that was kind of a tongue cheek Cheek-y, question, but yeah. his name's Marcus, by the way. Marcus, that's good. But um, we will be on. But it's, call. there's still a little bit to that. Yeah. Well, you're not going to do a salty dogs. No. No, not what next week. Yeah. Probably not. So no. Unless unless we unless we get really really motivated and do it on Monday. Monday Tuesday. Well, we're not going to have a guest. No, but because the players will be out. Depending here. on how the game goes, so let's do, let's go with that. I'm not thinking it's going to happen. Okay, it sounds like you don't want to. Oh, I don't right. know. We'll see. All we'll right. see. But if we talk about if we have a podcast and talk about the game that just happened, then when we come back to do the podcast the following week, we won't have anything to talk about. All right. Well, the upcoming game. Yeah, but usually we spend a lot of time talking about what already. Well, happened. that's true. All right. All right, so I think that's all I've got, Jeff. That's all I have. I want to say uh, thanks to Beefo Brady's, of course. Uh, they are our proud sponsor. And if you're tuning to this podcast, you have found us. We are the classics. And if you go to Beefo Brady's, you're going to find classics also. Wings, nachos, Angus beef, burgers, uh, beer. Put them all together and you have Beefo Brady's. Hungry for tailgating greatness. Try beefs to go. Full on catering. Beefo Brady's with game time. It's tailgate, tailgate time. And um, I'll see you in New Orleans. See you there. Since you did, thanks for listening. <laughs>